0: Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here. I want to read this scripture to you while you're in worship. Matthew 7. Ask, and the gift is yours. Seek, and you'll discover. Knock, and the door will be opened for you for every persistent one will get what he asks for every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door do you know of any parent who would give his hungry child who asks for food a plate of rocks instead or when asked for a piece of fish what parent would offer his child a snake instead if you imperfect as you are know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best how much more ready is your heavenly father ready to give wonderful gifts to those who ask him John 14 for I will do whatever you ask me to when you ask in my name and that is how the son will show what the father is really like and bring glory to him Ask me anything in my name, and I will do it for you. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him and don't know him, but you know him intimately Because he remains with you. And will live inside of you. You know what our father's secret stash is? His Holy Spirit. God's not trying to get anything from you. He's trying to get everything to you. And when we let him have it all. We find that. The little bits that we've been trying to hold on to, which we thought was so much, pales by comparison to what he's got for us. Today, I want to invite you into the Father's secret stash. You don't get the Holy Spirit by not wanting him. But when you ask, you will receive He's not trying to keep him a secret. He's trying to get this to the world. But he needs you and I to be open to receive. And today, as a a sign of offering, we'll skip over the regular giving thing. I want you to give your heart. Give that burden that's weighing you down, those troubles that are trying to steal your joy and your peace. Give those to your dad, because he's going to give you so much better than what you can ask and imagine. Father God, today we commit our hearts to you. We let go of the stuff that we've been stashing away, that we've been trying to hoard and trying to hold on to and trying to sneak under the carpet. And Father, we give them to you so that you can make us whole. Thank you, Father, that we can be embraced by your love and your grace and your mercy. And no matter where we find ourselves, we're still one step from you. Thank you, Father, that you want to give us the very best, not just in this world, but for all eternity. Father, today we receive. Because we know when we receive from you, we overflow, and it just comes out of us, and we can't help ourselves. That's your life. And today we want to receive first and give what comes overflow, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, Amen. okay, Well, that wasn't planned, but that's okay, sometimes that's the best way, (laughs) thank you, thank you for the stash of, well, some dads have peaked in the stash already, I'm sure, moms, these are just for the dads, Unless you're on keto like my husband is, and then I'll have what's in the stash. I've said too much. (laughs) If you are uh, wanting to give today, I want to make sure that you know um, how we're doing it. We're not passing offering buckets right now, but if you want to give... Um, you can grab an offering envelope from the seat back pocket in front of you and fill that out and then drop it at one of the drop boxes at the entrances or exits. And uh, if you do the online giving thing, we've got a space for you online to do it. And, of course, if you want to mail things in, um, you can mail them to our PO Box address, uh, PO Box 840, Eustis 32727. I want to pray over those offerings because I know that those of you who are giving are giving from your hearts. There's no compulsion to give. You know, the the we, we don't believe in obligation giving. We we really do believe that God has blessed you to be a blessing and we believe that when you are generous, generosity just comes back to you. So we invite you to get involved, but we're not requiring you to do something that your heart is not ready to receive. Amen. Father, thank you for every gift, both of finances service, time. I thank you, Father, for every investment that's made in the kingdom, that it is multiplied according to kingdom rules. I thank you, Father, that we as a body are able to be an impact in this community and around the world because of what you have given to us. And I thank you, Father, that your plan for us is so much greater than what our plan is. And, Father, we want to lay down the plans that we think we have and to surrender to hear your voice and to be led by you because we know that sometimes it looks impractical, improbable, impossible, but with you, nothing is impossible. Thank you for your blessing in our lives, and thank you that we have an opportunity to be a blessing in others' lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, babe.
1: Amen. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Man, wow, it's a good dad we have, don't you? Man, we have a, such a good dad. I just sense such a beautiful presence and sweetness here, and thank you, ladies, for all the hard work. Uh, uh, those stashes were awesome. The, uh, I know there was a lot of hard work. I was looking at that bag. I was like, goodness gracious, there's stencil work, and there's this, and there's homemade cookies, and there's... I know. <laughs> I, know. I know. Now I know. Now you know what's in the stash. Dad's, you can have a cookie in service if you want. You know, <laughs> man, what a, what an awesome time to celebrate our Father. You know, Jesus came to introduce the Father. You know, that was one of the primary things He came to show, um, that the, the world hadn't seen yet was God as Father, and um, man, that's what he constantly came to reveal, was God as Father, Father, and uh, they hadn't really seen that before, they'd seen him as God, you know, and and he came to show Father, and um, man, we get to celebrate Dad as, as Lawrence prayed here, you primarily are fathers, and I know that there are spiritual fathers, many of us here have had spiritual dads people that have led us to the Lord and people who have discipled and, and I know there's many of you standing here and, and you know even those dads that don't have children um, in the physical like Steve, he has been such a spiritual dad to so many people you know and so we honor those dads that may not have kids but you guys have been, you've, been, you've, you've, you've looked after, you've, had, you've been a kingdom dad and that's the best kind so thank you you know so I appreciate you guys. So it's, it's um, you know, and then we have physical dads, and some of them are good, you know, like, my dad isn't too bad. He's not here, so I can say that, you know. No, no, I'm, I'm really, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm blessed with a really great dad who loves Jesus, and I was I was one of those kids that was taken to church, and, and so I, I don't have much to, to complain about at all, so... Just grateful for fathers. I know that uh, a number of you have visiting kids in town. David David's daughter is here from Colorado visiting. So it's Meredith, right? Madison. I knew it was an M. I'm sorry, Madison. <laughs> That's awesome. It's great to have you guys with us and many others with us. But dads, we we are we are we're, we're blessed. Um, in so so many ways. So um I, I'm continuing a series that I started last month in, in May, and it's been my I Reckon series. And I've had a couple of interruptions because I felt like we had, a, we had a, to, to focus on Pentecost Sunday, not for any magical reason, but just that it was on my heart to do that. Um, and we did that over Pentecost Sunday, and, um, or the one that the Western Church celebrates at least. But um, we did that. And then, of course, last week we had our missions report back, which was awesome. Our team and everything that's happening with outreach. And, and we're, we're gearing up. And we're, we're, we had a great outreach lunch last week. And if you weren't able to make it to that outreach lunch, I know that David Firkin's in the house. He's back from Alaska from his team. And so, so um, David, see you. David and David and David are our two uh, outreach coordinators. But we've got outreach happening. We're going to be launching our Christmas box it's sort of, uh, progr- uh, what do you want to call it, shoebox campaign, um, and we've got, a, we've got a healthy goal to, to reach. All those things are are, are outreach goals, but, um, you know, it starts in our hearts, and, and so that's where we, 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 was, we were touched on uh, last week, so it's great to have our team and my wife back in the house, so. <laughs> and Giselle and all the other team, members. Was, what a great report, Jordan and Taven Rose, and yeah, it was awesome. So, but I, but I wanted to. This this series is is far from done, because um, it is such a, a big topic. Um, it's such a deep topic. It's such a it's such a life changing topic. It is a life changing topic, um, and and we've been speaking about conforming into His image and and the unusual. Title was was from uh, Romans chapter six verse eleven. So so you must also consider yourselves or reckon it as yourselves dead to sin and alive to God. And, and and we've been camping out on this a little bit while. And if you if you've missed some of them, please go back and listen to them or watch them if you prefer video. Because it is prof- it can have a profound and should have a profound impact on your heart and life. You see, when you look at it, as as if you walk uh, with Jesus for any amount of time, you should be moving from glory to glory. You should be transforming into his image. And if you look outwardly and that's not happening, that is a barometer or a temperature gauge that something's not happening on the inside. And it's important to understand that's the priority you see because as we've dealt with in a previous message we change effortlessly from the inside outward we change what's in the inside and when we change what's in the inside automatically we change on the outside so that being true and we've established that if you are not seeing if you're not being conformed into his image if you're not seeing change That's okay. You're not going to be kicked out of heaven if you're a believer, I promise you. This is not about exclusion. This is about manifesting the presence and the power and and everything that's kingdom. um, You can manifest the promises of God in your life. A lot of Christians aren't experiencing the promises of God in their life. They're not experiencing peace in their life. They're living on antidepressants. That is sad. And I'm not trying to pick on people on antidepressants. Some of you may have chemical imbalances and blah, blah, blah. But I'm just saying that we as believers are supposed to live and experience God on a whole different level. We should be having joy. We should have lives of love towards one another, of kindness and goodness. We should be loving one another in the body and manifesting love in the body and towards sinners. We should be loving our enemies. Think of one, anyone. We should be walking in love, but if we're not manifesting that, that's—it's not because you're not saved necessarily. If you've made a—if you've made a decision to have Jesus and receive Him to your heart, that don't mean you, maybe you come—you're going to go to heaven. That's you know—that's between you and God. I don't know, but but the point is that you can live, and we've dealt with this in Ephesians four, like the Gentiles, we're told not to live in the as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They have lived. They live their life according to a different philosophy, and we've studied that passage out. In, in, even in the last series and this series, there's, there's so much in that. But, but here we're getting to this, this simple little verse in, in Romans 6 that says, Consider yourself, and it's a, a, I'm using it as a key verse, but there are so many other powerful scriptures in this that... That uh, you know, with two two weeks ago, uh, we were talking about how we need to learn how to align ourselves now with what is now transformation. And I do want to get into the famous transformation met- metamorphosis scripture, which we all know, which is if, uh, Romans chapter twelve. And I want to touch on it a little bit over there. But uh, it, this process of transformation, as I said, has to come from the inside out. Now we aren't transforming. We're not becoming something that we're not. I mean, sorry, something that we, we are not right now. Let me put it this way. It's going to sound a little backwards. We are not transforming into something that we are not yet. We're actually transforming into something that we are already. You see, God has given us, as we've touched in Second Peter, everything for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. That's very important. We have been made, we've been given everything for life and godliness. God is not confused and the word of God is not confused. But if we just give a cursory glance to the scripture and we don't establish and and understand how these things actually work, practically, if you want to put it in that term, practically work, then we will say, oh, well, you know, I've got this. And we'll talk about our positional truth, but then we'll live like the devil. We'll lie, cheat, hate and be miserable and not experience any of the promises, and then we'll blame God. And then we have, you know, we'll stick our finger in God's face and say, Well, God didn't do this, and God didn't do that, and we'll blame God. And what I said in the previous message is, No, it's up to us. God has to work in partnership with us, with your will. You, your will. <laughs> I know that people don't like this, but your will is more powerful than God. God can. Not override anybody's will. Now think on that for a little bit. He cannot. But I thought you said God is all powerful. Yes, He is. He is all powerful, and He, he has limited Himself to His Word. He's limited Himself to His integrity. There are things that God cannot do. I know your brain is like, "What? God cannot lie, because He is truth." God cannot go against His revealed nature and character. He cannot. That's why when we know who God is and and know the character of God, then our faith is built up. Faith flows because we know who He is because He cannot be but Himself. We, when we know him, and, and so that's the knowledge of Him that it's talking about, through our knowledge of Him. and there's so many scriptures about that that I wish we could we had time to go into, where it, where it talks about how Jesus is the one that revealed the Father. There's so many scriptures in, in Hebrews chapter 1, and it goes into Colossians chapter 1, and in, in Matthew 11, it says that, that Jesus has made him known, the Son has made him known. Even now, in John chapter 17, where in verse 3, when it says that, that, uh, that, that we should, you know, we, we, our overarching uh, vision statement that we've we said is that our desire is for all people to know the Father, right? The only true God and Jesus Christ who has made him known. That's John 17 verse 3. You see, it's only Jesus who is the filter, only Jesus who is the filter of how we can look at God and see the word of God. Now, in times past, it says that in Hebrews chapter 1. In fact, I don't really have that queued up here. But in in Hebrews chapter 1, it actually says God who in times past has revealed himself through scriptures, through prophets. He's made himself now, but now in these end times, he's shown himself through the Son. Jesus is the ultimate and complete revelation of who God is. He is not the kind version of God. He is the revelation of God. And when we see God, when we want to take a look at God in the flesh, all we have to do is see Jesus. Everything he taught, everything he loved, how he spoke to people—you see God manifest He is the interpretation of Scripture, and we've touched on a lot of that, right? So, as we as we harmonize or as we align ourselves with who we really, really are, um, I, I wanted to touch on this. This, uh, I, we've, we, we've spoken about the process. Sorry, I'm also giving a little bit of background over here. But I said this process, we cannot avoid the put off the old man, renew the mind, and put on the new. The transformation process has to include putting off or putting aside the old man who is really an illusion. Say illusion. Illusion. Your old man that you walk in is something that is an illusion to, to actual truth. Because it says in our, in our, faint, in our, in our basic uh, foundation scripture in Romans 6, consider yourselves dead to sin. You are a new creature. If you have received Jesus, you have been made altogether new. But you see, we don't believe that. We've not learned how to put off... The old man, as, it's, as we've studied in Colossians 3 and in Ephesians 4, renew our mind and put on the new. And as we've spoken in the last one as well, we have to learn how to renew our mind and persuade our hearts. You are this complex and beautiful woven creation that God prized creation um, of sp- a spirit that's been completely renewed your your soul, which is your mind, will and your emotions, and a body—all three of these are that make up the you that's here. And each one of those influence one another. It's just the way it is. So if you are miserable and sick in your body, you don't sometimes feel like reading the Bible. You don't sometimes feel like being like Jesus. You sometimes, Because you're, if you're emotionally burdened, all of, these, all, all of these things can have an influence on your person, which is spirit, soul, and body, on your whole person. And that's not my goal right now, to teach spirit, soul, and body. But it is an, it's a great understanding to understand. So if you say, well, you know, bless God, I am the righteousness of God, I'm this and I'm this. And we, we can throw out a bunch of confessions, um, which, which really are almost liturgical in nature. You know what I mean by that Lit- liturgy, where you're just saying empty words, that you're just saying, "Oh, I'm the righteous of God, I'm blessed, I'm la 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 la." But really, you're not feeling blessed, you're not experiencing, you're not experiencing healing. You're not ex- so right. Now, this church, we want to get real, amen. We want to get authentic. So I'm saying, this whole series, this whole series is to get real, is to get down and dirty. Let's get in there let's let's tackle this thing so that we, our lives are going to be transformed i'm not this is not a message of condemnation this is a message of hope yes. this is a message where you know what you and how you can take responsibility for walking through this put off the old man renew your mind and put on the new i'm sorry to tell you that it's not going to happen automatically you're not going to walk out here and say oh that was a nice message What are we going to have for lunch and then just carry on with your life? And it happened automatically. That is not what a disciple does. That That isn't how you are going to change. If you desire change, it's not works. If you desire to, let me put it that way. If you desire to see the change that Jesus has already put on the inside of you, if you want to see that change on the outside of you, It's going to require some effort. Not effort to earn from God. That's dead works. That is dead works. You're not doing anything to earn outwardly. As I said, outwardly you can change and look better. But if it doesn't start on the inside and flow automatically then to the outside. So the whole secret of this thing is changing how we see ourselves on the inside. I like the way Clint said that in the in our conference, in the overflow conference. The picture that you paint on your heart. Now that's not your spirit, by the way. The picture of you that you allow God to paint on your heart, you have got a say in that. Because many of you, if you don't, and listen, I went I went to I was religious and went to church for many years and it never changed how I felt. I still felt condemned. I still felt like I was carrying the burdens of my sin. I still felt miserable. I still felt like God was beating me up. I still felt, I still felt, I still felt. But how is that possible if God has already taken all these things? Why was I feeling that? Because I didn't know this stuff. I didn't know how to take this stuff and get it in me, change that image in me so that it would come from in me. And then you know what happens beautifully is that suddenly suddenly, slowly, gradually, glory to glory, change to change, things start happening outwardly. But you have to, you hear me say it so often, you have to be prepared to spend time. And time is sacred. Time is the one thing we all have exactly the same amount of in every 24 hours. How we choose to spend our time. But we all have that choice. We can come up with any excuse we want to. Any excuse you want to, I've got this, I've got it. And listen, we all have seasons of life where life, where the wheels feel like they come off, right? I mean, seriously, we have storms, right? Jesus said we would. The storms of life would come. They come to all of us, all of us. We're not, none of us are immune from the storms of life. You know Jesus, I'm telling you whether you're saved or unsaved, storms of life are coming your way. You choose whether you want to be ready for the storms, because Jesus said, if you are rooted and grounded, one, in my love, and two, if you know and you put your word on in your life, then the storms will come and you'll stand firm. But if you don't choose to do it the way Jesus did it, then the storm will come and it'll feel like your little sandcastle is being washed away by the waves. Okay? So that is the practical. Now, does that mean God loves you any less? Certainly not. It doesn't mean any of that. God loves you just as much as he's always loved you, always. He's never going to change. But your life can be dramatically impacted by the storms of life. We can be a victim or choose to be a victim of circumstance. You know, uh, Jim and Penny are at the back over here, and, and Faith Bowder went home to be with the Lord last month, and we had a great celebration of her life yesterday. And, and I said this because it's such a beautiful illustration. But Jim and Penny are a great example of people who have taken a major storm in their life and have set the sail of their life and used that to propel them forward instead of so many other people will let some storms on their life blame the storm or God because they'll come up with that lie. That lie, man, I tell you what, you know which lie I'm talking about. Which one? God is in control. It is a demonic lie from the pit of hell. I, I don't know if I can say that any louder or more distinct. Seriously, it is a, it is a deception. I, I love God, but I'm telling you, if you think that God controls, if you use that phrase to say that God controls every circumstances in your life, then one, you've not read the Bible. Because you get you get you get blinded by this theology, which is really not theology at all, of understanding oh God isn't when people mean well and I've I've written articles on it and, and stuff, but it is a demonic deception to understand or to have that idea that God is in control. There is so much false doctrine that is built on the cornerstone of that evil lie. <laughs> it just went very quiet it's like seriously but it, it, you, you, I'm not talking that God isn't sovereign I'm not going to go into all of that God is absolutely sovereign but when we study this and, and I'm happy to unpack it in, in, at length but this is not the day that I want to do it is that okay <laughs> because it's, very power, it's a very powerful truth you've got to understand God is not the one causing or creating everything. you've got to understand that you have free will so I, I, I just have to I have to leave it there but so this putting off, getting back to this process of transformation. Um, um, I, I let me go. Let me start here with this um, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I'm going to drop down to there. It's do not. I'm reading on the ESV. It says, "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect." Um, and now, if you, I, I want to break down some of those words, but I want to read it out the Amplified word. Do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, which is good, acceptable, and perfect. And, and now, if, you, if we break down this... This process of renewing your mind. Now, forgive me again. I'm touching on the last message again slightly. Renewing the mind is this necessary part of transformation. Do you see that? That it's, it's part of transformation that you may... Um, sorry, why is that not there? Is, is it in two... Oh, it's in two different parts. Oh, it's a, Go back to the ESV if you wouldn't mind there, please, Jenny. It'll just be, do not be conformed, but be transformed. So, so the, these words over here, um, to fashion alike, to be conformed, the Greek word doesn't really matter what it means, but it means to don't be fashioned alike to the world, which means that we can be fashioned to the world's way of thinking. He says uh, to the world, right? And the world is, is actually the word age. Don't take on the current way of stuff this age it's not the world as in earth the planet it's the word age don't be fashioned to the way this the people are thinking right now okay don't align yourself remember we spoke about aligning don't align yourself don't think like the world thinks remember in verse 1 here which we didn't even go to it talks about our lives our bodies being a living sacrifice as true spiritual worship it talks about. And it says that, so we mustn't, don't, don't set yourself up, don't align, don't conform yourself to be just like the people that live around today. Okay, it's important. But be transformed, you know this very well, transformed, metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. If you, even if Corrin and a bunch of you have been playing with monarchs, the butterflies, right, and milkweed and little things and cocoons. What do you call them again? Chrysalises and, and, and Linda spent hundred dollars on milkweed or something crazy. But I mean, they're pretty. <laughs> but it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful process. It is a fascinating process because that that worm becomes. I'm just calling it a worm. It's a caterpillar, yes. <laughs> becomes becomes a a beautiful butterfly. But you know that for that process to happen. That that basically liquefies inside the cr- the chrysalis, and tot- its DNA totally changes. At cons- so the, the new is totally consumed by the, uh, it co- totally consumes the old, yes. totally. It's nothing like it. It's an it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a almost magical process. And that's the word here, that we are transformed, that we are meant to be, what the word is, metamorphosed. We become a brand new creature. We are transformed. So it says, listen, our spiritual worship is this process over here. So heads up. It says, be transformed. Be metamorphosed. How? By the renewal of of our mind. So the the, the renewal is echinosis to be made new again, a change for the better. Mind just like your head, your news, your mind, your intellect, your intellect, your understanding. Be transformed in your understanding. So don't think like Fox News tells you to think. Or any news program. Or your local c- school curriculum. Or your local college curriculum. Is it okay to go to college? Absolutely. Is it okay to learn? But don't be thinking. If you want to transform, you're going to have to think differently. It says so. So that by testing, now that word is interesting. Testing, you may discern. It's actually a phrase. In in ESV, it uses, um, in, in other translations, it says by proving... And that's dokimatsu, that's that same word that they used, we've dealt with some time ago, is that coin people, because coins used to be the currency of the day, people would shave the coins, they would shave the gold off a little bit here, a little bit there, and so slightly that coin would get lighter and lighter, and then they would keep the shaving. So basically, if, if, there, was a, if there were these dokimatsu, these people that would check if a coin was not counterfeit, if it was still its proper weight, if it was really genuinely the thing. It was to prove, it was to to check if, see, this is actually genuine. I like this word. Listen to this definition. To test, examine, prove, scrutinize, to recognize as genuine after examination, to approve and deem worthy. Hmm. So that you... That's why it says this phrase, testing, you may discern. What that phrase is documented that you, after you check it out it, and, and see that you are worthy, well, we can go into all of that sometime, what is the will of God? The good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And that perfect has got not to do with faultless, that word is teleos in Greek, which means having reached its maturity, to brought to its end. It's lacking nothing necessary for completeness lacking nothing for completeness so that you may understand what is the will of God. He's good, acceptable, and perfect. You see, this process, I I can't tell you, and I remember being here in my younger Christian years, like, oh, if only we just knew what the will of God was. If only I knew what God's will for me was. I was haunted by that because I could see that we were supposed to live our lives according to God's will. But you know that if you... Commit to this process that I'm talking about. You will know the will of God. God's will is very clear. Very clear. It's very easy. It's very simple. It's very profound, but it's it's just simple to know what God's will is. Amen. So, um, here, um, this the 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 process of of uh, how can I put this? Renewing your mind, putting off the old, renewing your mind, and putting on the new is what I want to touch on for a little while. Now, there are scriptures that I'm hesitating whether I should go. I'm just debating. In Galatians and in Romans, it talks about walking in the spirit and not walking in the flesh. I touched on this also in, I think, the second message. This walking has got to do with aligning yourself and, and choosing. You're going to either walk in the flesh or walk in the Spirit. Now, let me, say, let me tell you, there's a lot of people that just want to claim that, oh, we are, we're just walking in the Spirit. Listen, that is a choice that you and I have to make. You are, there's a lot of Christians that are not behaving as they ought to, and don't tell me that they are choosing to walk in the Spirit. just want to be bl- I just want to be blunt because we choose whether we are going to walk in the Spirit or we are going to just walk in the flesh, okay? And, I, and I, there's a bunch of scriptures that I'm just hesitating to because we can go and study that as a, as a topic, but just put that on there. Now, um, so even though our spirit, just get, come stay with me, has been made new, our mind, until it's renewed by the Word of God, still embraces the reality of this world, this age, right, based on... What? Life experiences, cultural influences, and intellectual training. All of us have got these th- various kinds of training. You've been raised in a certain culture. I've been raised in a different culture. I've been exposed to a bunch of different cultures. We, are, we see the world differently when you come from a culture of differences. You've been trained. Some of you have got degrees in this and, and degrees in that. And you've got intellectual training, right? So, So our intellectual mind has got to be, we have got to say, My mind has got to be renewed through this process, right? So, in my consciousness. So, now, the process of renewing the mind, again, is where I want to go. I want to go here. Now, what acknowledging, listen to this. I'm going to read this. Acknowledging what God has done through the cross can replace asking God to do things. Agreeing with God who said who we are in Jesus, and then thanksgiving, for what, God, who has, um, what he has given us in Christ. I'm going to say that again. Sorry, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, apart here. Acknowledging what God has done through the cross will replace asking God to do things, agreeing with God uh, who says who you are in Jesus, become and then suddenly a thanksgiving for who we are in Christ, for, um, who God has already made us in Christ. Now, in, in Galatians 3... Verse 16, it says, Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offspring, referring to many, but to one who is Christ. I'm going to make this statement. This is number one. In your time that you decide to spend with Jesus, when is that? Whenever you can get alone with Jesus, this, is the, this, this process of renewing your mind has to come in a time where you've set some time aside to be with the Lord. Just pure and simple. There are some truths that we have to absolutely acknowledge in this process, okay? So number one is this one. Remember this, God has given the, in all the inheritance to Jesus. See that in Galatians 3 over there? Now these promises, I'm going to bring that one up if you wouldn't mind, Janine, again, Galatians 3. Now the promises were made uh, to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, to your offspring, who is Christ. Now, I I want you to to remember this important fact. The promises, Jesus is the heir. You and I, listen carefully, are not the heir. We get to be co-heirs in Jesus. There is a huge difference. The covenant was not with you and me. God made a new covenant in the blood of Jesus. He made the covenant with Jesus. The covenant is with Jesus. This is magnificent. You know why? Because you can't break it. So you've got to understand, this covenant was made to your offspring, who is Christ. These are the promises. The promises were not made to you. This will change your life if you get this in your heart. But it's got to be where you're going to start getting your mind renewed in that time alone. Hold on a second. Whose inheritance is it again? He made it, the promises were to you and to your offspring. To Abraham and to his offspring, who is Christ. The covenant was not with me or you. It was with him. Okay. So then my second point is similar. Because I am in Christ, I'm a joint heir. If you give your heart to Jesus, if you have given your heart to Jesus, this is not true to everybody because there are people out there that have said that because Jesus died on the cross, everybody is righteous. That is absolutely a lie. It is righteous. called faith righteousness for a reason. Entering into righteousness by faith for a reason. And gosh, the book of Galatians and the book of Romans was basically written on the topic. It is a righteousness that we get by faith in Jesus. When we accept Jesus and what he did, he became the propitiation who took our sin, or he became the one who would bear the consequence of all our sin. That will blow your mind when that becomes truth in your heart, When when that meditate, because you will never in your life blame God for a broken washing machine again. Or whatever, oh, God is getting me because of, you will know. Hold on a second. No, Jesus is the, the propitiation. Because he is the propitiation, he has taken, I'm going to use the big A word, all the punishment for our sins, past, present, and future, all all we step into that in Christ when by faith I receive Jesus and say Jesus you are my propitiation I'm that's what coming to 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 believe in Jesus is all about not asking some guy down the road oh do you believe in Jesus yes I believe in Jesus amen oh hallelujah praise God you know it's like it's like th- th- those words are so religious I want to throw up I'm sorry it's like it's like, it, you know, this is America. Most people in this culture, especially in this local culture, will say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. It's got nothing to do with trusting in him for your propitiation. It's got saying, oh, I've heard of the story and I agree with the story. That's got not, nothing to do with believing in Jesus. You can agree with the story and go to hell. If that's all you do, you will go to hell. Forever and ever, burn in hell. Yes, I said that. Saying the words, I believe in Jesus, I believe in Jesus, doesn't make you saved. Just say the words, I believe in Jesus. It's got nothing to do with quoting words. It's got to actually do with trusting in what the Lamb of God did for you, knowing that you couldn't do it, that He would do it. But you see, but you see if, we don't, if we don't know how to renew our minds and take time and set aside and camp on these basic foundational truths then all we do is play religious intellectual games like, I believe in Jesus, whatever, and, and, and we become a bunch of hypocrites and play church. Not here. If you want to play games like that, you probably won't be very happy with this or with me or with this church. Because, because, because I'm sorry, I, I, I know a Jesus that is the same yesterday, today, and forever, who doesn't change... There's no other name given among men by which we can be saved. With him, there is no shadow of turning, never being different. Amen. But it takes time. Hold on a second. I actually have to process some of this. You know my story about that Jim's book, uh, The Gospel of Peace. I, it radically transformed my life. I would gone to Bible school. I know I was born again, but I was still radically transformed because this transformation process changed in me. I spent three years reading that book. I was so religiousized. I was ironed in man. I was ironed in like i don 't know I was in the army, so uh, that means if you iron increases into your ar- in your army uniform, man, we had an iron nonsense story, but when we when we had our We had to iron. We had uh, inspections and ironing and everything like that. And the longer we had been in the army, because we were drafted in, we had to serve a certain time, and the guys started ironing creases. When we were deployed, they would iron creases into their shirts. Every six months, you would iron an extra crease into your shirt. So you would iron in the crease (laughs) because then you would know who's been here six months, 12 months, 18 months, you would know, you know, because you would see the creases on their shirt, you know. But, but you know what? It's funny. They, once you iron something in, it's ironed in, dude. You can iron it out, but those little crease lines show.
0: <laughs>
1: but I tell you, I was ironed in religion, and and I thought like religious. I thought like a churchianity per- person, you know, uh, you know, just completely completely church churchianity, not not this relationship thing that we talk so much about here. Not about experiencing relationship. And it's th- it's in this intimacy of relationship that uh, we are going to be transformed. That we are, right? So so here, I am a, a, a joint heir, understanding who who is the heir what he did for me. I, I get the promises or, or mine, I, I have been given these promises in Jesus, right? So only in him do I have these things. So in Romans 8:16 says it this way. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Hallelujah. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, co-heirs, provided we suffer with them in order that we may be glorified with Him. Hebrews um, uh, chapter 1, verse... Uh, I, I don't know if I want to start at verse ones here because I'd get so distracted. Is this the first four verses of Hebrews one are so jam packed, but in verse two it says, In these last days he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. Man, there is he is the heir, he appointed him heir of all things, right? Okay, so I've camped on there. So now the the, the points here. In first Corinthians one twenty. For all the promises of God find their yes in oh sorry, second Corinthians, my apologies, Second Corinthians chapter 120. For all the promises of God find their yes in Him. that is why through him we utter our amen to God for His glory. You've heard the scripture it. Not many how many promises God has made, they are yes, where in Christ. okay. Now, the next one, Galatians 3.13. I was delivered from all the curses. It's all the curses. Now, if you go and study the curses of the law, remember that in Deuteronomy 28, we see the blessings in the first eight verses, and then we see for the next, like, 36 verses, we saw all the curses, right? Blessings and the curses of either walking with God or not walking with God, we see that in the law. And over here, it says that here, that... These curses I was delivered from. hell. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who's hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham may come to the Gentiles and we may receive the promised spirit through faith. So we are redeemed from all the curses. You see, I, there is a big difference between experiencing truth in your heart versus just... Um, reciting information. We have, to say, we have to set some time aside to experience these truths in our heart. So if, if and, and you know, if we say, we say, oh, well, you know what, I just, uh, you know, I'm not experiencing this truth as truth. So um, uh, it's, it's not real to me. So I guess it's just not real. I just don't feel it. Or we delve into the other ditch, which says, oh, well, I guess it's true, so that's nice. And then we tell everybody around us and ourselves, oh, that's true for me. But we don't really experience them. We don't take that, we don't take that, that truth and make it mine through the process of meditating and thinking about it. Who was it this? Uh, Lori, I don't know if she's here today. But at Overflow, she brought a word and it was so true. When, and and the, word of, uh, the word of the Lord to us was very simple. It was, listen, guys, if, if you don't, when I say meditate on my word day and night, it's for a reason. <laughs> there is a meditation that we have to do day and night, so to speak. Now, Shannon, you're saying, oh, we have to resign our jobs and, and we just camp out with my little Bible in a corner and we just, move. no. But remember, we're renewing our mind. We're changing the way we think from saying, okay, this is how the world thinks. This is how Fauci thinks. This is how science is saying, current science. And let me, let me just make a note about science. There is good science. There is good science, but there's also kind of a false science. And if you look, you can find really good science. Good science lines up with everything God has ever said. We've got great videos that we need to play every now and again. But there's great science you can study. You can study astrophysics and astrobiology and all of these things that prove God, basically, in my mind. Okay. So these are the ones uh, that I want to go through then. Th- these are principles that are crucial. Um, in my worship and in my confession, I have to bring... All my capacity to bear on what I, to experience what i 'm saying i, I don 't want to just mindly regurgitate these things i want to i 'm just want to get practical just for a second here i 'm in my quiet time, wherever that is, time of the day you choose you 've got to experience that truth you 've got to say okay god there 's tr- some of these truths that i 've just gone through wow jesus you 've taken all my sin or I'm a joint heir. You were given all of those promises. Now, I'm not not meditating just on those words. I'm bringing my emotions and my thoughts to bear on those words. In other words, so I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, you're my teacher. Help me. You're my helper. You're going to reveal things to me. So, Lord, help me understand that. What does that mean to me? What does that look like? To me. I am not the heir, I'm a joint heir. Jesus, I can't, that means I can't. Wow, I can't break the promises because they're still mine, because they're by faith. What does that mean? By grace through faith. Hmm. By grace, we walk by faith. We receive them by faith. And they're given to me graciously. That means they're free. And how do I appropriate that in my life? What is stepping out in faith? How do I... And then, and then emotionally imagine. I'm using my imagination. This is what meditating is. I am, I'm seeing myself whole. I'm seeing myself emotionally whole. Why? Because Jesus made me whole. I'm seeing myself physically whole. Oh, but I've got that what's-his-name issue. No, you don't see yourself with that issue. You're seeing yourself not as the world sees you... You're seeing yourself through the eyes of faith. So, Lord, help me to see myself through the eyes of faith. Because why? Oh, well, I don't deserve Hold on. I don't have to deserve it. Jesus has taken my sin. Oh, that's amazing. Jesus has taken my sin. This, uh, working this into your life, in your worship, until the more you meditate on truth like this, the more it actually fires you up. As you meditate on truth, it, it so stirs you up that you can get up to jumping in and shouting and really experience, and nobody's going to be around for you to see them. You're not behaving something. you, 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 experience, you experience a change in your heart, that it, it brings in a rush of emotions with it. Romans chapter 5, therefore being justified by faith, I have peace with God. Now, I read that how many times, I've heard that quoted so many times. But do you know that after you meditate on righteousness for a while and that becomes real to you, you can, you can step into, I can step into my prayer closet and I can sit down and I, and I can have the world going ballistic and crazy around me, and I can have the storms of life happening and everything else, and I can say, wow. Oh, yes, I'm the righteousness of God. <laughs> I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I have faith, righteousness, righteousness by faith. Thank you, Jesus, that even though I yelled at my wife and my kids and I kicked the dog and, and I really did not behave well on the road today, I thank you that my righteousness is by faith in you. I I just popped your bubble. You you thought I was perfect, right? No, no. But but, but you know, you you disqualify yourself in the little things. You disqualify yourself by, oh, I yelled at the person at Walmart. That wasn't a very Christian. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do better. It's not just doing better. It's believing here is where it starts. Change starts on the inside. Why am I going to do better? Because I am the righteousness of God. Because I am the righteousness of God, man, he has taken all my sin. That means that God, he's he's cast my sins in the sea of forgetfulness. He forgives all my sin and heals all my diseases. He has made that covenant. He has made that covenant with Jesus. I am a beneficiary of that. So you, you, you see what I'm doing. I'm emotionally experiencing and then therefore being justified by faith. I have peace with God. You know what that feels like when in, when peace rushes in like a flood and you go oh. and you experience peace. You can step out of your prayer closet looking like you've just been smoking something. <laughs> Except you're not going to come down. You're not your high is one that you're not going to come down from. Because you are are renewing your mind to experience a truth that has already been true all along. Listen to this. The truth that has been all along, you've never experienced it. Why? Because you never invested the time in meditating on it and spending time on it. it. It takes... That's the intimacy of this relationship of love. It, it, it becomes this, this beautiful intimacy that you can't wait to go and, and hang out with Jesus. Not because the preacher said you need to do it on Sunday, but because you know that he loves you, that he can't wait to spend time with you, and that, and that you know that as you conform, as you change, you, as you renew your mind, from the way you used to think, you start aligning your mind with the way that you need to think. Then what starts happening to your heart, now remember, your mind is how you think, your heart is where you believe. You can doubt in your heart, you can believe in your heart. Jesus said in Romans ten ten, it's with your heart that you believe. You can have a bunch of crazy beliefs in your heart, but as you renew your mind... And you change the beliefs in your heart by associating these thoughts. You renew your mind. You you pull down these scriptures. Now, again, it takes time. But there isn't a relationship anywhere that doesn't take time. Do you know that since time immemorial, God has had this problem? Since Adam in the garden, as soon as Adam chose to rebel, Adam and Eve rebelled, they hid from God. And ever since, God has been pursuing man. God has been pursuing man. He hasn't kicked man away and said, I am so upset with you. I'm going to stand here until the corner till you get your life right. But that's how we've treated. We've, we've treated God like this pouty little kid in the corner. You know, and that, and you you've got to like come to appease God. Oh God, hear me, hear my prayers. I'll even give you an offering, God. You, you know, like you, oh God, please take notice of me. That is so wrong. God is for you. He has given everything for you. He pursued you. He paid the price for Jesus. He gave you all of this stuff, and he said, "Listen, okay, it's all for your taking. Here you are." Change the way you think. But you know what? We don't want to do that. General human thinking. Isn't there somebody I can just pay? So I can just do my stuff and they can do all this hard work for me. That's kind of weird, dude. If you have a relationship like that, if I said my relationship with my wife is way too hard, I need to pay somebody to... uh, Do all the hard stuff. I just want—I just want whatever this girl can give me, or this guy can give me. But that's how religion has treated God. I'll even pay a big offering to church. Thank God for money. Money can help, but I tell you what—that's not going to change your heart. You see, He has been—it's always been about a relationship. Always been pursuing you for that time. And and ever since that time, any relationship is going to take an investment <laughs> <laughs> of time. It this transformation process is gonna be an investment of time. So I'm I'm just gonna yeah, I, I I'm just gonna rush through a little bit, but there's so many there's so many promises that we can get. We've been delivered from the curse. Who, we've been delivered from the curse. We've been given everything for life and godliness. We've been accepted in the beloved. We are the righteousness of God. You know, learning, learning the character of God, and we've touched on this before, learning, learning the character of God, we have treated faith so wrong, and I've given you so many illustrations about it. like We're trying to buy something from a pouty God that he, we think He hasn't given us. Whereas he's given us everything and faith is just receiving what he's already given us. This process of saying, okay, Lord, help me renew my mind to this truth. I know I'm saying it many ways, slightly differently, but it's so important that you understand it. My identity in Christ, etc., etc. who I am in the new creation, uh, it's, it's the only way. And you've, you've heard these, this phrase before. The only way that we're going to experience this is to live in a perpetual abiding in Him. Remember what Jesus said? Go back to John 8, 31 and 32. And he said, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Only when you know it, though, right? This is what He said to His disciples. If you, A, if you were, verse 531. If you abide in my word. That is that has got to do with this process that I'm talking about. I reckon. It's funny, old, But it, but abiding in the word, this is where it's at. I, I, I wish I could I wish I could tell you. Any different, but the only way we're going to experience transformation is this process of coming into a, a relationship. It is going to take time. If you don't invest the time in a relationship, what happens is that you get bored. I've seen this countless times, countless times. People come, and people go, and many good reasons why people have to move on. That's not the point. I'm just saying, when people get frustrated in their relationship with God, they try and they try and blame something else. It's this, it's the that, it's the next thing, it's the next thing, but they do not want to experience this abundant life through this process of putting off the old, renewing the mind, and putting on the new, which is happening in that prayer time. I mean, I didn't say that then, but when you're meditating like that, you're taking the old man and you're saying but I used to think this way I don't need to think this way I'm renewing my mind I'm this is who I am I, this is my this is who I am in Jesus putting on the new man the reckoning like Earl just said this is what reckoning yourself dead to sin is. count yourselves remember where I broke down the word reckon reckoning is not just just a rough I hope so Reckoning is actually ascertaining what really is true. You really are dead to sin. You and I are really are dead to sin. But how do we reckon ourselves so? Through this process of putting off, renewing our mind and putting on. Amen. The, the, the change that we can experience should be effortless. It should be effortless. Now, I know that this is a beautiful message. But I also know that this will separate many people from this church. Because some people, in many ways, say to myself, you know what? I don't see church that way. I don't see a relationship with God that way. I just want to go to a place and give a bit of money and then go home and do whatever I want to. I don't want to be challenged. I don't want to have a relationship with God. Israelites did that. God loves you. He will always pursue you till the day you die. But if you want to experience kingdom living, there is no other shortcut to this process. And it's a beautiful process. If you want to experience anything of the love of God and the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and joy. All of those things. Amen. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you for every single heart and life here. Lord, you know every heart. And Father, right now, you presenting people, each one of us. Me, you presenting me with choices, thoughts, ideas. Father, I thank you that the process of renewing our mind, becoming a student, becoming a disciple, following you, walking in relationship with you is a choice. I can promise you that Jesus is pursuing you with great love. Will you yield to that? Will you yield to him? Because he does want to come in and commune with you. In fact, that's what the word commune is. The word commune is for two people to share a common thing. God wants to commune with you. He wants to share what is His with you. He is always calling for this intimacy. And so just choose, just simply, just say, Lord, I just want to be real. I don't really see it that way. Or Lord, if that's, help me understand that. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Or wherever you are, just at just a minute, just... Just be honest with God. Tell Him where you're at. Lord, I don't know so much. I can promise you, if you're honest with God, He can meet you where you're at. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, help for the Lord, we want, we want, we are hungry for change. We're hungry to experience the fullness of your promises. We're hungry for reality, for authenticity, for genuineness, for peace. Lord, we're hungry for flourishing relationships. Lord, every promise that you've made, thank you for your bounty. Thank you that there is no lack of There is no lack in you. Thank you that there is no sickness in you. All of these promises are out. All of them. All of them. If you've not received Jesus, it starts right there. You just need to simply just respond and yield to him and just say, Lord, I I need you. I want you. I'm going to trust you for my salvation. I'm not going to just say the words. Or say a little magic prayer. I'm, I'm going to trust you. If you need help with that today, I'm going to I'm going to encourage you to come and pray here with with a, with one of our prayer ministers. They'd love to pray with you. If you need if you need a a brother here or a sister just to pray with you, they are so well as far as anything goes, healing. And as we close the service here in a minute. That's what uh, I'm going to encourage you to come to the front. Father, we we thank you for your love. Holy Spirit, thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. I, I, I feel that there's some, maybe a couple, one or two, that I felt there's this itch that they haven't been able to scratch in their relationship with God. How else to put it? Something has been worrying them, like a burr under the saddle. They felt like you haven't qualified or that you've committed the unpardonable sin or that you just can't get it. You haven't. If that is you, I would say encourage you. Spend a couple minutes here with a prayer minister, and I would love to minister to you. So, Father, we just yield ourselves. I know, I know, by the Spirit of God, we are entering a time where this is a where the children of God are going to stand up. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about organized religion at all. I'm talking about the children of God taking their rightful place in the community, in the world, because they're going to know their God, and they are going to do exploits. They're going to know their God, and they are going to do exploits. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I pray for every one of those, Father. I thank you. There's some that are watching online. There's some that haven't even started attending, for those who are going to come Father, I just thank you for the work that you're doing in their hearts right now. Thank you, Father, for those hearts. Thank you for those callings. I believe that there is callings coming out right now that the Lord's placed on your heart. Something There's something that's just becoming more crystallized in your heart. Coming into sharper image, and the Lord's just making it plain to you. Just yield to that. Say, thank you, Lord. I'm eager to pursue that. It doesn't have to be a big goal, big carrot at the end of the stick. It could just be a next step. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you, Father, for that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.
2: You. Yeah, you know, I was thinking as, as Pastor Shannon was sharing, uh, this being Father's Day, you know, our Heavenly Father said that he'll not just be a mother to the motherless, but a father to the fatherless. And um, so I want to encourage you today. You know, I, I've seen what you shared, Pastor Shannon, happen with two of my friends who grew up without a father. But these guys are the most amazing amazing fathers that I've seen because they've taken the word of God and renewed their mind with it and he's taught them how to love their kids. So even if you're a father here, shucks, I've made some mistakes as a father. I've had to ask my boys for forgiveness for doing things and saying things. Why? Because he, on the inside of me, gave me that tug and say, ah, you missed it on that. But I had to make the choice to say, son, I was wrong. Dad shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have said that. Not to, he doesn't do that to condemn us, but just to, for us to walk in the light of the word and and, and express his love, receive his love and give his love. So maybe if, if you're here today, like Pastor Shannon mentioned, Uh, this is the time. The time is now to receive. That's where it starts with a relationship with him and then then walking with him and allowing him in the Holy Spirit through his word to minister to you. So if you're man or woman, father, mother, whoever, uh, young, old, you need a prayer right now is the time. We have prayer ministers here to help you and walk you through that. So, Father, as we prepare to uh, dismiss, Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you that you didn't send your son to condemn the world, but that the world through Jesus might be saved and, and walk in peace and walk in joy and walk in rest and walk in happiness and walk in your love. So we give you praise and glory for that. Thank you for the fathers. I stand against any type of condemnation and guilt. You know that of past mistakes, that they'll see you as Pastor Shannon said, as 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 the Word of God plainly says. See you as as you see them, as you see Jesus. That's how you see your kids. Hallelujah. That's how you see us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So do not forget to come up if you need to come up and. uh And we're going to dismiss now as we stand and uh fathers whether you're going to get a big fat juicy piece of steak or chicken or whatever you want to get just enjoy this time and and just enjoy family amen hallelujah in jesus name you are dismissed a baby bottles that's one thing those are due today if you have that at the information booth if you forgot to bring it you can just When you have it, just make sure you bring it to the church. Amen. Thank you all. Love you all. Enjoy the rest of your day and week.